everyone, and welcome back to Scripture in Black and White. I'm Anthony Walker here with Bobby Harrington. Bobby, how are you? Anthony, I'm doing well. I'm really pleased to be doing this podcast with you today. I've uh, really enjoyed doing all the podcasts we've done. Uh, hopefully they're helpful to our audience because we're doing it for you. But today we're hoping, Anthony and I are hoping it'll be really practical for you. So yes, great sir. to be with you. And uh, I love to do scripture in black and white. I love to do it with my friend, Anthony, uh, who is a black man and I'm a white man. But more importantly, we really think a lot of things in scripture are much more black and white than people think. Amen. Amen. Likewise, I always enjoy uh, doing this with you. Uh, as you pointed out, yes, today will be uh, practical uh, application. Uh, we've gone through a series on how we you know, got the Bible, uh, how the Bible was or the canon was compiled and, 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 and a lot of great history and research uh, in those episodes. If you haven't seen those or heard those, go back and listen to them. Uh, a lot of rock solid stuff. And so now that we have this Bible, uh, what are we going to do with it, Bobby? Well, we want to follow it. Uh, let me start us off here by uh, quoting a couple of key passages from the Bible itself about itself. Uh, the first one is in Second uh, Timothy, sorry, chapter three, uh, verses sixteen and seventeen. Here's what God says as He inspired it. Uh, it says that all scripture is God breathed. So God breathed into it so that it would be helpful. And here's what he says. All scripture is God breathed and is useful. He's going to mention four things for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So that means that I need to be in scripture I need to be reading it. I need to be listening to it. My church needs to be talking about it because it's God breathed. God breathed into it, inspired it so that for my life, I can have teachings. Sometimes it's going to rebuke me. Tell me what I don't want to hear, but I need to hear. Sometimes it'll just correct me. And uh, overall, it'll train me to live the kind of life that God wants me to live. Let me mention another passage that just inspires me because uh, it tells me that the Bible is not just an everyday book. It's not just 2 Timothy 3.16, but uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 describes how God gave Scripture. It says, No prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in human will. It's not something... A human being did. But here's what it says. Prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So I just think it's important to say that up front. This is God's word, God breathed, God inspired, and we get to study it. You know, that's a that's a very good uh, passage uh, that I think we need to to really underline as it relates to studying scripture. Sometimes the criticism against the Bible is that it is uh, written, people will say it's written by man. Um, and, and what they mean by that is that man uh, sat down in his uh, own uh, thoughts one day, you know, 
looking up to the sky and, and decided to create a narrative. And, and that's not accurate at all. And, and then there are others that may say even it, it may be written down by man. Uh, there's error areas for that to be uh, flawed or, or, or uh, you know, guys would just fill in the gaps with what they desired. Uh, but as Peter says here, the scriptures did not come about by uh, man just or prophets even sitting down and well, let me see if I would you know just write down something. No, this was written along the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And the very word that the Holy Spirit gave them to write is God breathed, God inspired. Uh, I recently had to share uh, with a friend about that, that terminology, inspired. When we use the word inspired, we oftentimes think of it as motivation. You know, if somebody does something, we say, man, that inspired me to do X, Y, Z. So we use the word inspired by meaning motivated, but biblically that term inspired uh, more aligns with uh, the, the, the Latin terminology to inspire and exhale, inspire meaning breathe. And so God breathed this word. He, he literally dictated it through the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit guiding those who wrote it down. But they're not writing it from their own ideology or their own uh, dreams and visions. This was guided by the Holy Spirit. Now nah, that's good. Hey, Anthony, let me add a couple of other things, because today we want to teach people how to read the Bible for themselves. You know, in a lot of traditions, they don't think they can read the Bible uh, for themselves. But I just want to make the case that actually uh, the Bible was written in the first instance uh, for everyday people. Now, oftentimes it was read to them because they didn't have printing presses in the first century, but they had a lot of books and they were literate people in the first century. Uh, but even before the first century, when God gave his law to the Israelites, he told them that uh, they needed to teach it to their children so that the average person could get it. In Deuteronomy 6, it says, uh, Moses told the Israelites, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So God thought it was going to be taught. Not God thought. God said for parents to teach it to their kids. Then in the New Testament, uh, we see this really interesting story. Uh, the Apostle Paul goes from Thessalonica to Berea. And the people in Berea listen to him. They're Jewish people. And they listen to what Paul says because he argues to these average everyday people, hey, look at what scripture says. Notice what it says about the Bereans in Acts 17, 11. It says the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. Why? Well, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. So these are average everyday people checking out the scriptures. And then let me give you just one more. Second Corinthians. So the Christians in Corinth, uh, when Paul wrote to them, again, he wants average everyday people. God inspired the writers so that average everyday people 
could read and understand or listen and understand to his teachings. Here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. He said, we do not write to you anything you cannot understand, read or understand. And I hope that as you have understood us in part, you will come to understand for fully that you can boast of us just as we will boast of you in the day of the Lord. In other words, Paul is saying, hey, this stuff that we're writing to you, uh, we, we, we didn't write you stuff you couldn't understand, but you can understand and you can understand it fully and, and thereby follow it. So uh, it was God's idea from the beginning that the average person could read and understand his word. Now, we're not saying that you don't need uh, good translations. We're not saying you don't need background helps and tips and things like that. But we are saying from the beginning, the average person can understand, uh, can read, understand, and follow what Scripture says. So it, it's it's written in a way, and this this narrative, this instruction, this history, all of this is written in a way by God to be readily accessible and understood by the common man. Um, God desired for it, as you point out, that it is able to be taught to children, also able to teach people who have no idea who God is. So, so in, in those instances, it can't be something that's so high, uh, high and elevated in its in its writing that children don't understand, but it also can't be so overly complex that even those who don't know or have any kind of spiritual understanding couldn't grasp this, read it, and come to an understanding. So Paul says it was written that way, but also like as you pointed out in, in Acts, where the Bereans were those who were glad to get the message but they were also diligent enough to let me check this out in the scriptures as well. And so this is an encouragement to those of you who are at a place in life. You may be um, like those who are churched, who, hey, I kind of get it. I've grown up around, uh, you know, church. I've grown up around people of faith, but I'm trying to establish my own faith. I'm trying to read and understand for myself. I love to hear uh, what the minister says each week, but let's be like the Bereans to not just hear a good message and talk about it. Say, man, that was great. But let me go back and look at the scriptures to see if what this says aligns with what that minister said up there. That's good. All right. Should we jump in with our let's jump 10 in. Principles? Uh, let me start with the first one, and that is to choose a Bible version or a version of the scriptures that's understandable and easy to read. I think it's really important that uh, people know that the major translations in the English language are, are reliable. So the question, uh, once you get one of the major translations, and by that I mean from something like the, the uh, Revised Standard Version, the New Revised Standard Version, the American Standard Version, to the New International Version, to the New Living Translation, even the New King James Version, all these are good, good versions that you can find on Amazon or in your basic Bible bookstore. But when you're starting off, you want to find one that's understandable and easy to read. My go-to that I recommend when you're starting out 
is the New Living Translation. Just because it's so easy to read it, it, it uh, now I'm not going to read the New Living Translation for a word by word with the Greek. It's more thought by thought. Uh, if I want to move from that to something that's maybe a little closer to word by word, but still thought by thought, which is actually the most helpful, I might go with the uh, uh, New International Version. Like in our church, uh, Anthony, we all use the New International Version. Other people uh, use the English Standard Version or uh, uh, versions like that. But you want to get an easy to understand version uh, when you start off reading. That would be the first and most important thing because we want people to read it. And if it's too hard to read, you won't read it. Don't read that old King James. Get something that's easy to understand, like the New Living Translation or the New International Version. Bobby, we we gotta we gotta talk about this point. We gotta talk about it. Ah. So so um, I like the, the the terminology that you were using, and and because we're trying to be very practical and and really explain things here on Scripture in black and white, Bobby used some terminology to say word for word or thought for thought. And what you're describing is how the Bible was translated. When we're speaking of these, uh, Bobby used the term versions. You may hear the word version used for it, or you may hear the word used uh, translations. The Bible was written in its origin. It was written in uh, three primary languages, uh, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. And so unless you... (laughs) Unless you are fluent in those languages, which the average person nowadays is is so far from it. We're barely fluent in English. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're not fluent in those languages, any Bible that you get now that that is written in English has been translated. But how that translation occurs determines its readability, determines uh, how the words are used, because in the Greek or in the Hebrew, some of those words, we don't, we may not have a word for word, but the translators reach for that which is closest to it. Uh, and so these, this is how a lot of those translations have come about. And we may uh, even do a, a full deep dive on Ooh, how the translations yeah. are. That would be, that would be a good yeah, one, that'd be, Bobby. That, that would be fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, key- so go, go, ahead, go ahead with the, with the King James. Sure. Oh, okay. What I was just going to say is that when you read Greek, I, I had the privilege of being trained in Greek. And uh, when you read Greek, it's there, there's not like a, if you translated uh, sort of woodenly Greek word for English word, Greek word for English word, which you can get an interlinear Bible to do that. It, but it just, it's hard to read. It doesn't make sense. So you've got to, the translator's got to uh, make the dynamic equivalent in English of the word for word, and sometimes it's better thought for thought, so that uh, the English text is saying what the the Greek or the Hebrew said. Uh, mm-hmm. So now, I, now, I appreciate you got some people. You you got some people who are listening here now, and and they're gonna say, "Hey, I I like the sound and 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 what almost comes across as the authoritative sound of the King James." Uh, and and I'll I'll be frank with you, Bobby. I grew up memorizing scripture in the King James. So sometimes, even though I, I study with 
several different translations. I may use several depending on uh, the, the message and how I'm going to deal with that. But, but sometimes if I'm up or if I'm speaking in common language or common uh, speaking with someone, my mind would just, I'll start quoting King James because that's what I grew up with. But Bobby used to, hey, uh, that King James folk are probably going to struggle with. Help us with that, Bobby. Well, because uh, in 1611, mm-hmm. when the King James was translated from uh, the Greek and the Hebrew, uh, people spoke English differently 400 years ago than they do now. And a lot of the words back then don't like, you know, we don't speak that way. Uh, so it's a little bit harder to follow. I think if you can do it, like you said, you know, you've done and, and obviously God's blessed that, that that's good. A lot of people for that reason, like the new King James, which mm-hmm. takes a lot of that language and, uh, modifies it a little bit. Uh, but, uh, the key thing is, uh, to get a translation that is actually going to help you in your own language. So, uh, if right. the King James works for you, great. Uh, it doesn't work for me, and it doesn't work uh, oftentimes for uh, people that I've been in relationship with. You know, I'm with you. The King, the King James, the King James can be such a struggle for those who are coming to faith, especially the young folk and young adults, and there's some. It just because everything else you read. I mean, anything else you read, you read, you know, sports uh, magazines, you're reading Facebook art, you're reading all this stuff and you go to the Bible and it sounds like, oh my gosh, this sounds like a history book, which it is. But even the language that's used is something, as you pointed out, doesn't, it doesn't align with what we commonly speak. And then, you you know, when you talk about the uh, new international and, and translations that work a lot with I tell you what, Bobby, we're going to we're belaboring the point. But I did just just wanted to say this. There's kind of three different things. There's the word for word and then there's the thought for thought. And then there's some that get close in the middle. that kind of mixes that word and thought. But as Bobby pointed out, you really want to have a a translation that reads and and that's going to help you in your reading. as we kind of continue in this vein, uh, this was something else that I had to adjust to. Um, another tip that can help you is using a Bible app to either read or listen to the scriptures. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a young man. I'll be 40 next month. Um, but a lot of my, yeah, a lot of my uh, biblical upbringing uh, you know, it was just kind of old school. I, I was used to, you know, having that leather bound Bible. I was used to highlighting and underlining passages and circling passages. And, and again, as I was coming up, you know, I didn't get a cell phone till I was almost 20 years old. So, and then even then the cell phones at that time were just for, you know, calling. Uh, but now we've gotten to the smartphone where you're able to load up your entire Bible, and, and many of these apps have concordances built in, commentaries built in, uh, highlighting capability. It took me a good little while, uh, Bobby, to kind of go from that Bible in my hand to working from a digital space. Um, but again, we've got a generation of folk who, hey, you've always got your phone. 
Yeah. Uh, you've always got that smart device and your Bible can be there with all of these different study aids and even more uh, than I mean, you'd have to carry a full backpack of stuff that your phone has readily available. And I like this as well, that with a lot of those apps, they have the added benefit of even reading the scripture to you. Yeah. So uh, that can help, especially for those if you're trying to study through uh, and we'll talk about some other methods in study, but even listening and reading it on a digital app. Um, that's another way to, that kind of helps yeah. you in studying the Bible for yourself. Now, I personally like the Version app, uh, which I have on my phone. Uh, you can get that. I recommend that. And there's a bunch of different translations. All of the translations on Version are good translations. So you can look at those. Some are more literal. You've even got an interlinear Mounts's uh, interlinear is on the U version. You can go to Bible Gateway online to to uh, also join that one. And there's other ones. Just if you go to your app store, you'll see a bunch of them there. And I love it, Anthony, because I love it uh, to be read to me. I like to read the Bible, but I also like to listen to it and uh, have it read to me when I'm working out or when I'm on a walk or whatever it is. Now, number three in our list of 10 here, uh, we always tell people you don't have to start at the beginning. You don't have to start at Genesis. I remember as a kid saying, okay, I'm going to read the Bible. And uh, I made it through Genesis. I got into Exodus. Uh, and then with Leviticus and Numbers, I just totally got bogged down, couldn't make sense of it, and uh, never came back to it. So you don't have to start there. Uh, a lot of people who are just getting into the Bible say start with the Gospel of John. I think that's pretty good. I love to read or listen to Luke and Acts in the New Testament. So Luke is a gospel on the life of Jesus, and then Acts is the history of the early church. If you go through Luke-Acts, you've pretty much done a quarter of the Bible. I'm sorry, a quarter of the New Testament by going through Luke and Acts. And the key thing is, you want to get into the Bible. Now, I think it's great to go through the whole Bible if you can, uh, maybe one time, but you don't have to do that. You can just start with any book like John, like Luke, uh, like the, the book of Genesis, something like that. The book of John uh, would be the, the first book that I could say I read um independently, you know, that was not compulsory, you know, I'm not, we're past Dr. Seuss and C-Spot Run and all of that, but I, I was about eight or nine and um, I went through the book of John and man, it's beautiful. Uh, I, I, I mean, and I still, I, I could read it at any time, uh, but certainly uh, underlining what Bobby says here, you don't necessarily have to start at page one and go through uh, to the end, uh, but it would be a good discipline uh, to certainly read the Bible in its entirety, uh, at least once in your life. Uh, we, we may mention towards the end, uh, another one of our Renew uh, colleagues has written a book about the importance of reading the Bible in its entirety. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. Uh, number four, uh, as we continue in our list, which is a great tip, is to pray first each time. 
because the Bible is uh, a book like none other. Uh, this is uh, God's living word. Uh, it's, it's not a magazine article. It's not a Facebook post. It's not a tweet. It, it's, it's, this is completely different from any other reading in which you will engage. And so preparing to read that, uh, it, it's, it's advised to even be in a different posture mentally, spiritually, even prior to reading that. And the best way to do that is to enter into the throne room of God in prayer, uh, to pray to God, to prepare your mind, your heart, your spirit, to receive that which you read, to uh, remove your mental distractions, to, to really put yourself in a good spiritual and mental posture uh, to study God's word. So pray first each time that you prepare uh, to study God's word. Number five, uh, pick a book of the Bible and work your way through it. So here's what we mean uh, by point number five, which is a little different than point number four. We're talking about working your way through it. Just today, I was working through the book of Acts, um, my own personal time. And uh, something happened to me because I was working through the whole book and I was trying to make notes and keep track of it. Uh, it mentions later on in the book of Acts that Paul is warned, the apostle Paul is warned by a prophet that if he goes to Jerusalem, he's going to be bound. In fact, the prophet uses a belt and wraps, his, wraps Paul's wrists together and said, you're going to be bound like this if you go to Jerusalem. And I remember in the past reading that, but it wasn't until I worked through it carefully this time that he was he went to Jerusalem and he was bound. He was actually imprisoned. And uh, the rest of the book of Acts ends up with Paul in prison under house arrest in the city of Rome. But I was able to connect it all together, which I hadn't done in the past, that that's what the prophet had warned him about. And then that's what happened. So when you pick a book of the Bible and you work your way through it like that, um, it helps you to see the whole uh, and, and not just the divisions that exist, but, but the whole thing. So work your way through a whole book carefully. Mm, mm, that, is, that is really a, a good tip uh, in underlining what you just shared about how uh, the books are written. Uh, this bleeds into uh, our sixth tip, which is reading whole chapters or whole sections at a time. Some of our modern translations um, have even titled sections of Scripture to kind of help you with uh, context, to help you understand. Uh, you know, Bobby, if, if you could uh, tell us a little bit about how even the chapters and verses, because because Paul didn't sit down and write and say, okay, now verse number one, uh, <laughs> how did that work? Uh, yeah, so it was about a thousand years after the Bible was written that the uh, chapter divisions came about. Uh, when you were, if you were, for example, in the first century, writing a Greek text, it's just block text. There's not even sentence divisions uh, in the originals. And so about a thousand years after it was written, the chapter divisions came about. And the chapter divisions are helpful because 
typically it's blocks of thought that's chapter divisions. So again, reading through the book of Acts, you'll find that in chapter two, uh, it's the day of Pentecost. And so everything related to Pentecost and how people responded, and then kind of a summary of the response that comes after that is in chapter two. So the chapter divisions are helpful that way. And then the verse divisions came about in the 1500s to give a little more specificity so that if you're talking to somebody or writing about it, you can say, go, for example, to Acts chapter two, verse 38, to see what it says about baptism uh, as an example. And so the verse divisions uh, came about, as I said, about 1500 years afterwards. So we want to think in large uh, groups of text, like you said, whole chapters or whole sections at a time. Awesome. Awesome. Give us number seven in our list. Okay. Of tips. So this is a really important point that I want to make here. And that is read a little bit every day. Like if you could read a chapter a day, uh, that is really great. You can read the whole New Testament in uh, less than a year. In fact, you can read the New Testament and Proverbs or the New Testament, Proverbs and the Psalms just by reading a chapter a day. It may be a little hard with uh, Psalms and Proverbs, but for sure you can read all the Psalms and all the New Testament uh, in five minutes a day uh, over a year. And here's the deal about this, Anthony, why I want to emphasize that. A lot of studies have been done on the life change just by taking five minutes a day. Let me give you nine life changes that LifeWay documented in their research for just five minutes a day. Uh, are you ready for them? Number yes, one, sir. feeling lonely drops by 30%. Number two, anger issues drop by 32%. Number three, Bitterness in relationships drops by 40%. Again, five minutes a day. Alcohol use drops by 57%. Sex out of marriage drops by 68%. Uh, feeling spiritually stagnant drops by 60%. I would say that's got to be even higher. Uh, viewing pornography drops by 61%. Again, all of this is with five minutes of the Bible a day, sharing your faith jumps 200% and discipling others, helping other people to follow you uh, jumps by 230% just by reading five minutes a day. So read a little bit every day. Wow, Bobby. Um, I, I just wanted to say something about that. How, how quickly sometimes a chapter can be read um, and even a, a whole book uh, can be read. Uh, I did an exercise with um, our teenage boys one time, uh, boys class at 231. Um, they were just kind of complaining about one of the reasons that they don't read the Bible. It's so big and it's so long. And I said, hey, guys, I said, we can read the entire book of Ephesians in just a few moments. And I said, and we'll still have time for the rest of our Bible class. And they, they, they just shook their head in disbelief. It, it, I, I don't believe it. And, and a couple of things came out of that, Bobby. One, their eyes were opened to, again, how quickly it could be done. But number two, 
uh, a few of the young men, they shared how it sounded differently because they read the entire book in one setting. Like they were saying, wow, that and, and we do know, uh, you know, the letter that Paul writes to the church uh, at Ephesus it is a letter, so it does have a flow of thought that kind of goes through it, but it, it can be done so quickly. Now, the aim and what Bobby is talking about here, it's not that we are trying to rush through it, but it is the discipline of reading it every day. And, and he's just pointing out even as little as five minutes uh, can get you through about half the Bible in a year but certainly helping to shape and mold your life. And as you're reading it, another encouragement, and this is tip number eight, take a few moments to jot down a few notes of what you read. And, 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 and this helps in your comprehension. This helps in retaining the information. But I'll tell you something else that it'll do. If this becomes a daily part of your life and a part of your daily discipline, you'll be able to look back over years at some of your notes on a particular passage in how God has uh, grown you. You've grown in your faith. You've gone through life situations to see, man, when I was at this age, when I was at this place in life, I got this from the text. But now at this stage, this text is even deeper uh, as I've grown in my faith. So be sure, take time to jot down some notes as you read as well. All right. Uh, number nine, try different translations. If I'm reading through, let's say I want to understand First Thessalonians, uh, and I've read it through, and I go, okay. And then I've got a section in First Thessalonians. Uh, maybe it's chapter two, and you know I'm reading it, and I'm like, okay, I think I understand this. Uh, and I'm trying to take notes. Uh, one of the things that can be really helpful is to read another translation. So my default translation is the new international version but sometimes the revised standard version especially the new revised standard version i might read through that and go okay see it says the same thing it's accurate they're both accurate but they have different accents it's just like you know different people seeing an accident they'll describe the same accident but they'll see it from a different uh, vantage point and so different translations can help you with that and again one of the great things about the you version app or go to bible gateway is that you can have ready ready access to the different translations as you're studying and looking at a different uh chapter or section in the bible mm. so we're back at translations again bobby <laughs> there you go tip number 10 uh, is to use a study bible now, there are Bibles out there that have pretty much incorporated a lot of this list uh, in your Bible study that we've discussed now. We've talked about uh, certain tools like concordances or a Bible dictionary or uh, commentary. And, and some of these Bibles uh, are called study Bibles that has the scripture there, but also either adds questions or adds commentary or adds in-depth study tools all in one place. So as you open up to uh, this passage that Bobby gives, you know, as you open up First Thessalonians and you're reading through, uh, you may get a paragraph or two that talks about 
um, the history and the context in which the book was written. It'll go into some of the definitions of the words and how they are differently used then and now. Uh, it may give you some cross-references of other scriptures that relate to this, tell you a little bit about the writer, tell you a little bit about Thessalonica. It'll help you in all of this in one place as you study. So yeah. use a study Bible. Uh, this, is a, uh, this is a major one, Bobby, a, a good study Bible. So, hey, Anthony, I just love the NIV study Bible. Years ago, I had the Thompson chain reference. And then uh, actually just like five years ago, uh, the New International Version Study Bible came out by D.A. Carson. That's for Donald Carson, D.A. Carson. Mm -hmm. And it has a lot of update archaeology uh, material in it. And I just love it. I tell people if, if I was uh, going to be deserted on an island, a deserted island, and I could only take one book, it would be the NIV Study Bible. So if, I'm, if I baptize somebody and I'm discipling them, that's my go-to version of a study Bible, the NIV Study Bible. Wow. Bobby, we, we've gone through 10, but, but I've got one more bonus tip. All right. All right. <laughs> give a little extra for them. Um, and, and this one, I'll, I'll give even a scriptural reference. Um, in the book of Acts, uh, I believe it's around chapter number eight, we find a man who's reading the Bible. He's called a eunuch. And as he's studying uh, scripture, he was having difficulty understanding. And God, uh, by way of the Holy Spirit, sends Philip uh, to help him to understand what he's reading. So uh, the bonus tip is study with someone. Uh, call up your friend, both of you guys, go through this together, study a book together. Uh, you'll find it amazing how uh, what they'll find in the text, what you find in the text, uh, just studying with someone makes for better uh, understanding of scripture. Oh, that's good. I totally agree with you. You know, we're all about being disciples and making disciples. Yes. And in discipling relationships, having somebody reading, studying with you is essential. So great, great supplemental uh, addition to our top 10 list. Awesome. 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 Bobby, you got some more you want to share with us uh, as we get ready to land the plane? Well, just for the, for the listeners, let me sum up the 10 points again, in case anybody's just uh, would benefit from the synthesis. Uh, first, choose a Bible version that's understandable and easy to read. Number two, use a Bible app. Uh, you can read it or listen to it. Uh, number three, you don't have to start at the beginning of the Bible. Uh, you can pick a book. Uh, number four, you want to pray first. Number five, pick a book and work through it. The idea there is working through it. Number six, read whole chapters or whole sections. Uh, number seven, read a little bit every day. Get into God's word every day. It'll change your life. Number eight, take notes. Maybe get yourself a little notebook or if you if you keep notes on your phone, uh, keep notes on your phone, but take notes as you're working your way through it. Number nine, try different translations. Number 10, use a study Bible. And the bonus, number 11, 
<laughs> read it with, with somebody someone. else. Yeah, yeah, read it with someone else. All right. So, Bobby, I had alluded to it earlier about a fellow renewed colleague uh, that has actually written a book about studying scripture. Tell us about that. Yeah, Tina Wilson, uh, who's in ministry with her husband, Matt Wilson. He's the lead pastor of the church. He's written a book called Stepping Into the Scriptures. And uh, she has a podcast as well. And uh, we recommend, we very much recommend that book because you can get through the whole Bible together with Tina uh, in a year, or you may even want to go through it faster than that. Awesome. Awesome. And again, renew.org is a, such a great place for uh, Bible resources, discipling resources, the teachings of Jesus. Uh, we want you to be tuning in to renew.org. Again, you find our podcast there. Uh, Tina has a book and podcast there. You'll find several books, uh, articles through Renew. Uh, so again, be sure to, to, to check out renew.org. Uh, and if you're looking for our podcast landing page, go to renew.org slash media, and you'll find all kinds of media we have, and especially our scripture in black and white landing page. Any articles, uh, any photos, any things that we refer to in our podcast, you'll be able to find it there um, and, and so many other articles and things to help you. We really, really appreciate you listening in today. We hope that we've given you something practical as you prepare to study scripture. Yes, thank you. Great to be with you today, Anthony. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you all for listening. We'll check you out on next time in Scripture in Black and White.